while promising truthfully to love and cherish each other for the rest of our lives. I didn't have any doubt about that happening. Connor had been my other half since birth, so why wouldn't we get married? I took the second ring, slowly sliding it onto my best friend's finger while repeating the same vows. I said every word solemnly, truly making a promise to myself, as if this were my actual wedding day. Unfortunately, I was pulled out of my wistful reverie by Brandon's whining. Mom, can I stop now? I glanced behind me, catching sight of both our moms squashed onto adjacent cushions, smiling warmly. Her eyes shifted to Brandon, shaking her head and making a noise of disapproval. Brandon, you've only got one more line to say. Just carry on, then you can stop. He groaned, muttering something about sappy nonsense under his breath, but continued anyway. I pronounce you husband and wife, you can now make out, he said quickly, before throwing the piece of paper down and stalking off. It's meant to be kiss the bride. Julie, Connor's mom, corrected him with a laugh as he walked past her. Whatever. I turned back to Connor, suddenly feeling nervous. Kissing was not something best friends did, and something we hadn't tried before. Brandon had warned me that even a simple peck on the cheek was enough to spread cooties, and of course I'd believed him. He was the older brother, after all, so he knew about these things. But before I could ponder any longer, Connor's lips were pressed to mine in a kiss that lasted a total of two seconds. I counted. And when we pulled apart, we grinned at each other, linking our hands in the special best friend grasp we'd created years ago. That day had been, without a doubt, one of the happiest in my life. It had ended with us sharing a picnic in the back garden under the evening Indiana sun, still wearing our mismatched wedding gear. At that point in time, I had truly believed that Connor and I would be together forever. In my head, we'd stay best friends all through our school years, marry each other when we were old enough, and stay close to home in a house somewhere in this town. We'd have a big family and stay together well into our retirement, reminiscing daily about the lives we'd spent together. It was as if we felt invincible, like nothing could ever break our best friend bond. We didn't realize everything was going to change just three weeks later. That was the day we received the news that Connor's dad had got a once-in-a-lifetime job opportunity in New York, and they were relocating immediately three states away. Day by day, the house next door became emptier and emptier as everything they owned was packed into identical boxes and sealed tightly with extra-strength duct tape. After a week, it had been reduced to a mere shell of its former glory. The cozy untidiness that I knew and loved was replaced by bare walls and light patches on the carpet where furniture had previously sat. I couldn't bear to go inside and see the place so empty. Their departure arrived frighteningly quickly and was too overwhelming for me to cope with. Even as the moving van waited idly outside Connor's house, I stayed holed up in my room, stuck in a frame of mind that told me that maybe, just maybe, 
If I didn't accept the fact that Connor was leaving, it wouldn't happen. If I didn't cry, the pain wouldn't be real. If I didn't think about it, it wouldn't be happening. If I didn't venture downstairs, I wouldn't have to say goodbye. This kind of wishful thinking was unsurprisingly unsuccessful, no matter how much my eight-year-old self wanted to believe it. By the time I summoned enough courage to take a glimpse out of my window, the only sight that greeted my eyes was of the retreating Toyota already making its way up the street, as well as the silhouette of Connor sitting in the back seat. I thought I would never see my best friend again, and I didn't until eight years later. Chapter 1 Spillage Over at Table 3 I resist the urge to groan as Dad throws a checked dishcloth in my direction. By now